0: Prior to term limits, it seemed like there was more statesmanship, if you will, that the rural and urban interests knew they had different interests. They were willing to work together to try to move forward what rural Nebraska wanted and what urban Nebraska wanted. That has changed a little bit under term limits.
1: Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. I am your host, Emery Melhoff. Join me as I explore the issue of Measure 1, a constitutional amendment to change our constitution to put term limits on our governor and on our state legislators. If adopted, Measure 1 will put two four-year terms on our governor and state legislators. In spring 2022, North Dakota Farm Bureau took a stance against term limits. We believe term limits on our state legislators will increase the power of the bureaucracy of agencies, increase the power of the executive branch, and ultimately harm rural North Dakota. In this episode, I visit with Jay Rempe, Nebraska Farm Bureau economist. Jay Rempe has served at the Nebraska Farm Bureau for over 30 years he has represented the Nebraska Farm Bureau at the State House and is now an economist who serves the Nebraska Farm Bureau as well as the American Farm Bureau Federation. In 2000, Nebraska adopted term limits on their legislators. Jay joined me today to talk about what term limits have been like in Nebraska and how term limits have affected Nebraska citizens and agriculture. Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. Today we have on Jay Rempe, an economist with the Nebraska Farm Bureau. Hi, Jay.
0: Good afternoon.
1: How are you doing today?
0: I am doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day here in Nebraska, and and, uh, I love this fall weather. It's nice to enjoy.
1: So, Jay, you are an economist with the Nebraska Farm Bureau. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for the Farm Bureau down in Nebraska and how long you've been there?
0: You bet. Uh, I've been with Nebraska Farm Bureau for, it'll be 29 years here in about two or three weeks. And uh, for most of that time, I was uh, in charge of our statehouse lobbying. So I would be our primary lobbyist down at their, our capital and here in Lincoln, uh, working on a lot of different issues related to agriculture and, of course, the, the policy that our members set, Farm Bureau. But then about six years ago, kind of dusted off my uh, my graduate degree in ag economics. And, uh doing more work behind the scenes now, doing a lot of research and analysis and outlook and and uh, doing some ana- uh, analysis of, of policy issues as they come up and, and try to provide a little more number crunching and data and information for our lobbyists, both at the federal and state level and in, in some of the, the work they do.
1: So you've really seen the whole gamut of how the policy is made and developed and then um, looking at the economics and how policy interacts with those economics and then how economics informs and and shapes the policy.
0: Right. It's really fascinating. I've been fortunate and lucky to be on a lot of different sides of the whole policy. You you have obviously the political arena and the activity there. You have the legislative arena and the policies and how they're shaped and formed uh, both at the local and state level and, and been active there. And now, more the economic sides of things and, and trying to uh, infuse some economics and some research and analysis into the process, and it's fun to watch those things kind of battle it out in the public arena and trying to shape the the policies that move forward because there's oftentimes economics will win the day, and, and you'll have some policy that makes economic sense. Another time. Uh, politics will rule the day and economics kind of gets shoved to the side. So it's, it's just kind of fun to watch that interaction over time.
1: So in the topic of policy, one of the things that we're looking at here in North Dakota is we have a ballot initiative where we're looking at putting term limits on our state legislators and governor here in North Dakota. And you already have term limits in Nebraska already, don't you?
0: Yes. Yes. Correct. We uh, we've had term limits on our governor and some of the other constitutional officers for for many years. Uh, more recently, I think it was in two thousand, we had a ballot initiative that passed on a vote of the people to put them on our state legislature, and so they're limited to two terms, eight years total, consecutive terms, and then that took effect in, in two thousand six with the election there. And uh, what makes Nebraska, I guess, a little bit unique in this regard is not we're different from a lot of or most states. We're the only state in the in the union that has a a one house legislature. We call it our unicameral, and so we don't have the two houses the the house and the senate. We just have one our legislature, and there's a total of forty nine senators. So when you start talking term limits there for just a single body like that, it, it gets to be a little different. Of Uh, of a topic
1: so taking a step in and looking a little bit closer at at your state government you say you have 49 senators and then is that it
0: no that's that's it well we we have uh, 49 senators at the state level about half the body is elected every two years or, or those seats are up in every two years and they again under the term limits now, they can serve uh, two four-year terms, so a total of eight eight years. Hmm. So we have quite a bit of turnover then in in our legislature now because of term limits. And I know in a lot of states, what you'll see happen is a a senator might be termed out of the house side, but then they'll decide to run on the senate side and uh, serve there for another term, or for a couple terms, or vice versa. Uh, that doesn't happen in Nebraska. You you serve your eight years and you're done and there's really nowhere else to go. We just have the one one legislature.
1: One of the things that people up here are talking about in North Dakota is really wanting to decrease corruption and concerned about the spending on the state level. Would you say in Nebraska that you've seen a decrease in corruption as as you've imposed these term limits, that you've seen a decrease in spending?
0: You know that's that's an interesting take and interesting question. Uh, corruption that that really hasn't been much of an issue here in the state of Nebraska either prior to term limits or after term limits. Uh, we have some pretty stringent uh, campaign reporting requirements, along with campaign or lobbying requirements. Uh, I, as a lobbyist, have to report my activities and and where I spend my money and those kinds of things. So. Those were were in place, and I I really don't see, I haven't seen much difference. What's interesting, I guess, as I think about it, if you're worried about corruption, you know, whatever segment of the population is going to be corrupt, no matter what you do, whether you have term limits or not, they're just, they're going to be corrupt. So with term limits, it seems like you might cycle more of those corrupt people in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you <went> live <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you get that second. But on the spending side, you know that that's an interesting. In, in all honesty, uh, we even though we have a governor and a legislative body that has been uh, very conservative in recent years and trying to uh, reigning in spending, uh, we've actually seen the opposite occur. Part of and, and what's interesting is the legislature will make decisions on spending out into the future where maybe half the body or, or a third of the body won't be there to have to deal with those spending decisions when they really hit in in four or five years down the road, because they'll be gone. So it almost, I think, becomes an easier vote for them to agree to that kind of spending, because they don't have to worry about it if it, if it gets in trouble or the state has trouble uh, four or five years down the road.
1: You're saying basically they're not going to be held accountable by their constituents back at home. And so they don't really right. have the consequence of losing office. Is that what you're saying?
0: Right, exactly. And that's one of the interesting things we've seen here. Um, for those of us that are are kind of weird about this and follow votes closely on a lot of these things, in that second term, if they're reelected to a second term, that senator really is, is not accountable to anybody, per se. Mm-hmm. They're, they're folks back home because they don't have to worry about getting reelected they're a little bit of a, of a free agent, if you will. And, and over time, we've seen some different votes out of people. You think, wow, they they would have never done that. But yet, the, because they're kind of a free agent, they'll cast some interesting votes.
1: What has this done to agriculture in this state? In North Dakota, it's hard to, we just got through redistricting. We obviously redistrict every 10 years, and we lost several rural districts to the Two largest cities here in North Dakota, and sad to see those those rural legislators go, and, and sad to see that rural representation leave. But it's it's hard enough to find a farmer or rancher who wants to take time away from the field or the <laughs> cow and run, <laughs> Alright. Right. But I mean, maybe term limits gives more farmers an opportunity to run. Like, w- what have you seen in Nebraska? Uh,
0: what's interesting is uh, once a person gets elected more often when they run for re-election, they'll be unopposed just because anybody thinking about running knows that in another four years, that seat's going to be open. So they'll just wait. And so we've seen more people running. Uh, and I would guess, I, I haven't sat down and looked at it a little bit. We've seen uh, probably some more farmers and some more folks involved in agriculture run. Uh, I was really nervous, a little worried about Agriculture in rural Nebraska, prior to term limits, had done a really good job of getting senators into leadership positions in the legislature and committee chairs and, and other things. I was really nervous about with term limits, whether that would, would be diminished or not. It, it has not, uh, primarily because the body has become more political and we're a heavy Republican state and rural Nebraska tends to be more Republican and so they, the, the Republican leadership are are playing more of a role in, in those leadership elections. And so we're seeing some rural folks stay in. On the negative side, though, we are seeing more and more people in the body that don't have a connection to agriculture. And it takes a little bit of time. Agriculture is complex to, to understand how the cattle markets work, how crop production works, the ethanol plants, all those things that you deal with, and trying to to educate and get those members up to speed on what they need to know to make the informed decisions related to agriculture. It's getting more and more difficult just because you're trying to do it more often with more people in a smaller amount of time. Uh, whereas un, when you didn't have term limits you had a little more time to get that person up to speed, and they would rely on some other people to, to help them out. And you're not seeing that so much today. One other thing on that, uh, since term limits, it's always been in Nebraska, and I, I'm guessing it's got to be the same for North Dakota as well. Over time, it hasn't been so much so the political parties that kind of uh, – get into dust-ups and fights like we like you see in Washington, DC. It's more in Nebraska, rural urban interests, because there are different interests and different policies that they want to achieve. And prior to term limits, it seemed like there was more statesmanship, if you will, that the rural and urban interests knew they had different interests. They were willing to work together to try to move forward both what rural Nebraska wanted and what urban Nebraska wanted. That has changed a little bit under term limits. And and I think it's just a matter of senators are there. They know they're only there for a short, limited amount of time. They just want to pound something through and get it done. And they're not building the relationship and doing the necessary trade-offs to try to achieve. And so we see it seems like a lot of more uh, rural, urban splits and divides on some things. And that hasn't been very helpful to to uh, moving rural Nebraska forward.
1: Hmm. Because then it becomes more of a, a majority rule versus a dynamic right, exactly. relationship building. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Right. Exactly. I think rural Nebraska has lost a little bit of that ability to build those relationships in order to move some things forward. Now, we we still are able to accomplish some things, but it's just become a lot harder, I think.
1: How has this changed the relationship of the senators with the different agencies or different, you know, government elected officials? Mm -hmm. Because uh, you know, your state legislators have term limits, your governor has term limits, but does anybody else have term
0: limits? Some of our other constitutional officers will have term limits. There are no term limits at the local level. uh, School board officials or county elected officials, those kind of things. There are no term limits there. And you know. Our classic civics government class, we have the three branches of government, the courts, the the administrative, and with the governor and the legislative branch. In my opinion, the legislative branch has become diminished here in the state because of term limits. And it's because of that loss of institutional knowledge and experience that body used to build that could counter some of the state agencies with people that have been employed with the state and, and lead those agencies that have been around for many years it's tough to keep that level of knowledge and experience and expertise in the legislative body. And so they just kind of lose out. And then the governor has, is driving more of the agenda now too, because of that loss of knowledge. And, and the reason it's current, I, I mentioned that we have uh, half of our 49 senators are up for election every two years. So this year's a good example of those that are up for election. 16 of those seats are, are open because of term limits. And so following after this November's election, we're going to have 37 senators or 75% of the body that only have four years or less experience in the legislature. Well, that's that's really hard to keep that institutional knowledge and that experience and expertise up to uh, what everybody else has. And so the governor and the state agencies and even lobbyists, too, we've become more powerful just because we've been around longer. We know the ropes. We know which levers to pull. We know how to th- get things done. And we know the issues. So uh, I I think the role of the legislature has shrunk a little bit over the last few years.
1: That seems to be concerning to me because the whole intention behind the legislative body was that these people would represent the people back at home. And obviously the governor does too, but he represents the whole state, not just a couple counties. And and the courts don't represent anybody. They're supposed to represent the law. Mm -hmm. It, It almost sounds like that you're actually seeing a decrease in local Nebraska citizens having
0: influence and power. I, I truly believe that. I, I think so, because to me, and, and I'm going to show my bias here definitely, because I my uh, the majority of my career was spent working within the legislative arena. I've always put the legislature and, and legislative bodies in general at, at a higher plane in terms of their ability to to govern the people because they are elected by the people. They are the closest ones to the people and they bring the things that are happening in their local districts to the body. And so I've always put that up as a pretty high regard. And and I think that has slipped now because of term limits. I, again, you lose that institutional knowledge and you lose that uh, experience because it's it's not easy to come into a body like that and have to deal with criminal law, healthcare issues, tax issues, Regulations of who knows how many different kinds, and then all the social issues that they're asked to deal with as well. I mean, that is so much that is thrown at these people, and uh, it it takes a it takes a good chunk of time to get up to speed and get to f- get your feet on the ground and get a sense and feel that you know that you can accomplish some things. And so, with term limits, we we're taking away some of that opportunity to build that expertise, and I and I think we've seen the legislature and the people of Nebraska suffered because of that.
1: Okay, so maybe term limits for state legislators is not a good idea. But what about the governor?
0: You know, th- that's interesting, because it really hasn't been an issue here in Nebraska. Uh, as long as I can remember, It's it's been part of our, our law, our constitution, and no one really talks about it. There have been discussions and movements over the past to change the term limits on our legislature, uh, extend them to to uh, three terms uh, uh, instead of two. We took a vote of the people to get rid of them altogether, which failed. Nebraska Farm Bureau has been part of that effort to try to extend it to three terms. But it's like the governors, uh, and I think they kind of view the governor a little bit like the president of the United States, that if the president of the United States has term limits, then the governor should too. You know, the legislative body, I think people have a higher deference to, if you will, because they are representing the people on the ground. And so I think that's where more of the discussion takes place on term limits as opposed to the governor and and like the president of the United States.
1: It's unfortunate because in North Dakota, with this measure that we're looking at amending our our constitution with the governor and the state legislator are lumped in together. And so we can't even have a dialogue or a conversation about potentially maybe we limit the governor's term. The governor serves, like you said, the governor is mm-hmm. more like a president figure. Because we have to talk about term limits on our state legislature, and mm-hmm. and that's a, that's really unfortunate because it's not you know open and free dialogue.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, it it is unfortunate, and uh, to me, they they need to be separated a little bit because they're they're different offices. They're meant to do different things. They have different constitutional authorities, and and so to me, it makes sense to talk about it a little bit separately.
1: Why do you think term limits are so popular?
0: When you look at the polling that, that is done, politicians are at the bottom of people's list of, of who they trust, who who they're loyal to. Farmers, by the way, are usually at the top. So that's, that's always a good sign. <laughs> but, and, and it's funny, everybody, they have a distrust of politicians except their own. I think termos are very... Very popular because they thought, okay, we need to get the turnover. We need to uh, get people moving through the system, get a fresh perspective. And so I think and particularly in Nebraska, when they're first instituted, we had a a one legislator that uh, had served for numerous years, numerous terms that was a bit of a, a a pill in everybody's side, if you will. <laughs> and and I, I think a lot of it was in Nebraska anyways directed toward that one individual thinking, hey, we can get, <laughs> get rid of this senator that way. And so they weren't thinking about their own senator when, when they did it. And so I, I think that's it's just the level right now the growing level of of distrust and in, in the like in, in our elected officials. But I, I can tell you as one that has worked with elected officials for number numerous years, I've found almost every one of them, they're really trying to do the best thing and do what they think is right for the people, their state, and, and their elected area. To me, if they're willing to serve and put forth that effort and they have that expertise and want to continue to do it, then we should let the voters decide whether or not they're worth continuing on rather than put artificial limits on them. We have a representative democracy and the voters have ultimately it's the voters decision on whether or not this person should continue to stay in office or not and and so we are you're by saying that the, this certain individual because they've served two terms they can't run again you're restricting the, the voters uh, uh, ability to decide that and i often uh, have thought that if if we're concerned about somebody being in office too long or that we need to get a fresh perspective in there. Then we just need to get more people to run and, and uh, <laughs> qualified people, good candidates to run.
1: How do we get rid of Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> because <laughs> it, it seems like that's what this, at least in North Dakota, that's what the conversation's about. You know, I've, mm-hmm. we're in county annual meeting season and I've been going to all the county farm bureaus and and talking. And there's a lot of conversation about when you talk about term limits there's right. conversation, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi has been there too long. And how can we even get, how can we get rid of her? Because w- will this measure even do anything about that?
0: <laughs> well, as I understand it, it unless it takes, uh, takes effect in California, <laughs> it, it, it won't have any anything to do with Nancy Pelosi. So, it, you know, it, it, I learned this a long, long time ago. You can have term limits. Yet somebody else is going to move in and be that next Nancy Pelosi, if you will. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's not going to change. There, there are going to be those people out there and they're going to have voters that uh, have different opinions from each other. And, and that's the beauty of democracy in the American system, I think. What's interesting with term limits, the political parties have become much more involved in these legislative races and campaign spending has ratcheted up quite a bit. It used to be a typical race, in, for a legislative seat in, in Nebraska, was you know around fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to run it. Now we're talking in rural areas for one candidate a hundred thousand dollars, and here in Lincoln or Omaha, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And wow. we're seeing a we're seeing a lot of outside interest groups come in and contribute and send out flyers and stuff. So that's carried over into the body now, and, and these political parties are saying, okay, we helped get you elected. Now you got to toe the line in terms of what we want done and, and things and other groups. So I, I we've seen more of that happen. It, it's become a lot more polarized. And, and part of that is just the nature of what's going on in the country now, too. But I think part of it is term limits as well, with the uh, increased political campaigns and spending and, and dollars being poured into these campaigns. So if a goal of the term limits is to try to to get some of this money out of the political campaigns and and some of that kind of stuff going on, that's not going to work.
1: Thanks, Jay, for being with us here on Straight Talk with NDFB and sharing your experience with term limits from um, the Nebraska perspective, it's really awesome to have you be able to share with us what your experience has been and what the citizen's experience has been. And it's nice to not have to have the conversation in North Dakota for the first time, that we can look at other states and and the effects that term limits have had on them. So thank you for coming on and, and sharing your experience with us.
0: You bet, Emory. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks again. Thanks, Emory. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. If you would like to find out more about term limits and what Measure 1 does and doesn't do, visit ndfb.org.